Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Greetings, tomatoes. I'm Cheryl Benson, and I'm the host of today's Happy Hour podcast. And I'm actually drinking a little rosé because it really is happy hour. Sometimes we do these these episodes in the morning, but I'm actually enjoying a lovely glass of rosé. And I hope some of you will enjoy happy hour drinks, whatever they may be, whether it's coffee or a glass of whatever you you imbibe on. But I am so excited today to welcome the always delightful and inspiring Gabrielle Carlson, who also happens to be a dear friend of mine. And Gab is a wonderful New York City fashion designer. And I have been a fan of hers for years, along with so many other women who just absolutely adore her. And it's, we love her clothes. We love the fabulous fabrics. We love all the colors. And we really love the fact that she designs for women of every age, every size, every shape, which is so unusual for all of you women out there who who know that and you're out there buying clothes that try to look right on you. But I, what is so special about her, and I think what we all love the most, is that it's her philosophy. And it's her philosophy about dressing yourself and why that's important. And most of all, about making yourself feel beautiful. And I think, Gab, the thing that you do best is you make us all feel beautiful. So welcome. I'm so excited to have you as our guest today. I am so very, very happy and excited to be here. I really am. Oh, I love that. So let's start by talking about the past year. <laughs> and I, I, I hate to talk about the past year because I do want to start us all starting talking about all the good things that are coming. But it, it was such a difficult year for everyone, but especially small business owners like you. And in fact, in every single, whether it's an urban city or little cities, we, you know, little tiny towns or wherever, we've all been so saddened by seeing so many small businesses and small shops closing their doors. And all you have to do these days is walk the streets of New York City or, or anything else, and you see a lot of that. But fortunately, you are, you are still here. And what so impressed me during the pandemic time was how you handled it in terms of your business, first in helping others, and secondly, in totally rethinking your business. So one of the things I want to start about, talk about first, is that you started to make masks. I mean, and this was really very early on. So let's talk about that. Well, you know, it was early in February when there began to be these shortages in Manhattan 
of and we know, should masks. say by the way i'm sorry that this was february of 2020 yes. very yeah very early on in the and pandemic. there were shortages of masks and shortages of you know um protective gear generally and i woke up and realized i can make these and i dress a lot of women who are uh, work with Governor Cuomo in one regard or another and wanted to let them know I have access to factory. We can, we can generate these. And sadly, by then, although it was only February, um, people were already working from home and they were so overwhelmed in the face of our preparing to become the epicenter that they could not respond. So I decided I would just make the masks on my own and between February and July shipped more than 7,000 masks. And it, it was never something I expected to do. It was an extraordinary thing to do because, you know, the more people knew about it, the more the idea caught on. And it mostly caught on, surprisingly enough, uh, amongst tomatoes, because they all had parents who they were no longer able to visit or be visited by. So there were very, very many older people in isolation who were lonely, who were frightened, and People would call in from all over the country, and some from Canada and some from England, looking for masks, but also looking to connect and talk and tell what was going on. It was at times overwhelming. And I remember um, having to go to the post office, different post offices, multiple times a day because I would have hundreds of packages. And um, it was, you know, I was lucky enough to have uh, my cutter, who is himself Chinese and, you know, had been taking precautions forever and had people who sold from their homes in a very close-knit community. So we were able to generate these masks. And although all the fabric stores in New York City were closed except for two, um, I found a family-run business called Spegler Vogel on West 35th Street in from 8th Avenue, and they had cotton. And B&J Fabrics would allow me to purchase cotton online and pick it up outside the store. They would leave it in a box outside the front door and I would sign. But when I would walk to the garment center to get elastic, which I had to make an appointment to buy, or to go get my fabric, I would be the only living being walking the streets in Manhattan. I had never in my life experienced anything like it, especially in my city, which never sleeps. I'm talking, it was the shell of itself. And I would have friends who had left the city who would call in and say, we saw you on TV. We figured it was you because the streets were panned and there was just this one woman walking and we know that bag of yours. What were you doing? <laughs> and um, there, were, there were not very many taxi drivers. 
I happened to befriend one of them, which allowed me, since there were no laundromats in my neighborhood that were open, I would have to go to buildings where people had laundry facilities in their basements uptown and wash my mask fabric before I brought it home to be cut. And this gentleman would help me move huge quantities of fabric around. And um, I still know him to this day. And sometimes I see him in the street and we wave. I can't tell you what it was like to walk around the city at that time. You know, Gavin, and it's, it's, oh, I, don't, I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, no, I please. Say it, is, it was just so extraordinary what you did during that time. Because I was like talking to you daily and there were so many times I was actually so concerned for you because I knew you were out in the in the you know peak of the pandemic and running around to the post office and doing all these things and you kept saying no I'll be fine I'll be fine I'll be fine but it was extraordinary what you did and not only that you you know you were, you were out there and you and you you kept so many other people you gave employment to so many people who really needed yes. it to make yes. the mask at that time and then, as you said, I can remember you were getting these phone calls from people, but a lot of them just wanted someone to talk to, right? Oh, we'd have to, we'd have to, I'd have to like do timers because, you know, we needed time to lay out the fabric and cut and then get it to the sewers because they weren't coming out their houses. Some of them would meet me at the subway station, masked up in suits. It was like Ghostbusters. And I would give them the cutwalk. And I went to parts of the of, Man, of New York I'd never ever been in before. Some of which I hope not to be in again. <laughs> but it was at no time did I run into other people out. It was I could walk down the middle of the street the wrong way. There wasn't anybody. It was beyond. And. Um, I remember, I remember round about July when things opened a little bit, two young women, one from, from our council group, came to help me with the packing because many people would buy like 20, 30 masks for the nurses in their neighborhood or the grocery people. There was tremendous caring and generosity. I had one client who alone ordered just under a thousand masks and I was to take it to the pastor at those churches, which were having food lines at like 5.30 in the morning, because there were still homeless people, although I never saw them, but they would come out to get food. And this lady wanted me to have masks on hand for the volunteers, for the church staff, for the, it was incredible. Right. Well, I, and Gab, the other thing that we need to point out is that you did these to really support a great organization, which is called Plan International, which is helping girls around the world. And they do so many other great things. And you were making these masks at cost and then donating the, basically the proceeds and the profits to plan, which was really such an extraordinary thing. So I was so it, it glad was pretty that amazing. Could. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, I think I gotta believe that everybody wanted to help everybody. And for those of us on the council, which you were the leader of, to be able to impact on that organization, which was 
operating in some of the poorer parts of the world and contribute from Manhattan at that time gave me the sense that we really had a one world concept going that the pandemic had allowed us to, it was extraordinary. And I well, will also tell you that sometimes walking downtown, because you know, after a while, it didn't feel good being on the subways. There were many people who died on the subways. And after a certain, it was just better to walk. Also, this is an ironic, I have to say that the spring 2020 was one of the most beautiful seasons in New York because there weren't any people. So there was blossoms and there was such a lush city and there was no one to celebrate it with. But I did love walking around in it. It was extremely energizing and inspiring. And to this day, I have evolved such a close affinity with trees. I mean, it's... it's yes, it's so true. Really I, think, I think we all, no matter where we lived, I think we all saw the benefits of... Um, our impact on the environment would no matter what you call it but we all felt and saw that we heard more birds chirping yes. no matter where you lived I think everything felt greener and brighter I know I live near the water I've never seen the water so clear and um and you could just sit and and, and listen in silence and hear nature yes. and that's been so that was a really good thing so was, that was that was an ama amazing thing you did. But then at some point, and you and I started to have a lot of conversations around this because we realized everyone was at home, everyone was working from home. You know, we would we were all doing Zoom, which we still are all doing a lot of. You know, hopefully that will start to lesson but you know we were dressing maybe from the top up and wearing our sweats and leggings and whatever on the bottom and people just weren't thinking about dressing which certainly has a huge impact on someone like you who's all about dressing and clothes and how you look and then you had this wonderful idea, which kind of goes to your philosophy that no matter where you are, you should still look good and dress well and feel comfortable. And you did a really wonderful thing and you created a whole new line of business. So tell us about that, because that was something that I thought was an extraordinary thing and a, and a really brilliant idea to do during a pandemic. Well, you know, I had flirted with evolving an online site for a very long time, but I'm so passionate about dressing women in person. You know, when someone walks in the store, I get a sense of who it is. You're sort of looking to find or sense what that person is about and how best you can dress her, that you sort of bring out what's glorious about her, that everyone sees that first and foremost emphatically well you know i have to just i have to jump in here because i just want everyone to know that that's part of gab's magic when we all go and visit her live and in person is that you truly make every woman feel beautiful and it's just so much fun you know looking through things with you and you'll always say no that doesn't work or this will work so that whole being there you know, live with you is a very big thing. So oh, I don't want to interrupt, I, but that was such an important thing. But 
for you to look at a different way to position your business was a very big pivot. So continue. It was a very, you know, so right before the pandemic, some of my clients who were uh, looking to transition into not working, but retiring and doing other and exciting things with themselves were like, can you create a sort of more weekend wear, less office wear? Um, not that I was ever only about office wear as we know, but I would try to focus on that. Um, um, but they were like a little more, you know, at home, outside. And then all of a sudden it was lockdown and we were home, home, home. And I felt very strongly and still do, that just because you're at home does not mean you should let go your standards of, you know, taking care of yourself, clothing yourself. I mean, we are beings who have created ourselves. We are privileged enough to be able to fashion our lives, pursue what we love. And part of who we are is, you know, sustaining a certain standard or aesthetic in our expression of ourselves. The idea that you would suddenly let it all go because you know you weren't going out strikes me as crazy. Have you no mirrors in your house? And for those of us who live <laughs> with someone, it's like, and even if you're you know reveling in being on your own, um, you still see yourself and if you catch sight of yourself, you don't want to shudder. You want to be like, oh my gosh. I love this way I have of doing my hair or mm, I'm going to try a different shade or something. You know, um, I felt it was really important to come up with washable, dryable, easy to wear, but nonetheless beautiful pieces that could be recombined that people could enjoy being in their homes as an unexpected luxury rather than taking shelter, being stuck, hiding out. I can't imagine going any of those places. I'm never ever at home. There's nowhere I like to be more than that. It's like, oh my God, I can put on my favorite pieces, which are usually, you know, caftans or fleece or whatever they are, and um, be barefoot and be with my flowers. And my point was, it's very important to sustain a sense of who you are. I think that when you start to let that go, other things happen. You quit watching what you eat. You know, there's a kind of laissez-faire or going to the dogs. I, I can't imagine doing that. I just, so I was, I, I wanted to do the site that I could dress people to be at home and sustain being their gloriousness. And I have to say, I met a lot of people I didn't know and had met in doing so. And that was exciting in and of itself. And also it was interesting to dress people without being with them. Sometimes not even talking to them because our time zones were too different or we, you know, whatever. And, um, it really was an experience. It really was an experience. Like if you remember, the site was launched and Squarespace had a glitch. 
So the very night and next day after the launch, I didn't hear a single thing. And I was like, right, oh, I remember that. My <laughs> God. Then, of course, things opened up and the orders came in and it was wonderful. And then the more we did it, the more we got better at doing it, me, myself, and I. Um, um, you know, which pieces would work better than other pieces, which were actually a little fussy, which colors were wonderful, but a little esoteric. Um, it was, it was, it was an extraordinary experience. It's one I will never, ever forget. And now is the question of whether I can sustain the online with as much passion as I did then, because of course, as things open up and people actually can be present, it's so much more exciting and alluring. Right. Yeah, and I want to talk about that, but it's but it's so important what you created. So it was called the Gap at Home Collection, yes. which is still there. If you visit, we'll talk about this at the end. GabrielleCarlson.com. You will see the beautiful at home collection. And believe me, all these things you're gonna to want to wear out now too. <laughs> it's not just <laughs> at, at home because they're all so beautiful and your beautiful fabrics and whatnot, but they're a little more casual than you know, some of some of your other things. But um, but I think it's very interesting what you said about, uh, you know, getting back to being with people and talking to them about style and what they want to wear. But I think it's so great that you're now being able to look at combining both because you've been yes. able to open up your yes. audience to people everywhere. And your orders for the, I mean, I know this from Ad Hoc Collection came from all over the country and even- All over the country. Yeah, right. which was so there wonderful. Were a lot of, there were some, again, there were people in England and people in Canada and two ladies in Paris, which really took me by surprise because why on earth would you need my at home living in Paris? But I was <laughs> very happy and flattered. Right. Um, what was also very interesting was listening to people um, describe what they love being in at home. Because also people who are buying, you know, we've always done to size and to a certain extent, we could still do a lot of that, but people had to kind of take themselves into account and describe to me how their bodies were. And that was like a first for very many people to actually look at and then yes. describe to me, this is who I am and how I look. Well, and I think this is very important with your with your online business, which I really do encourage you to continue to grow that because it's so important, is that first of all, you, people can go and just, you know, pick their size. And generally it's like a small, medium, large kind of a thing, but right. you know, the sizing. But the great thing about it is if they want a conversation, they actually talk to you, the New York City incredible designer. They're not talking to some robot someplace or, uh, you know, or, or a salesperson, and you actually will talk to people and answer their questions. And, you know, you will give them that level of customer service that you don't get really anywhere else so that they could, they, you could really help them, you know, pick that, but let's move on now, because I think we're, I, and I've told you this for quite a while now, I knew as soon as things would open up, there would be so pent up demand because we all want to get out and be out there again and we're going to want to get dressed again <laughs> and we're seeing this the great thing is i think we are all right now rediscovering our closets which is kind of a fun thing because it's like wow i forgot about 
this little piece of clothing, but we're all looking for something new. We all want to feel renewed. So tell us now how, one, you're feeling about New York City's renewal and how you're seeing this right now, because you are right in the heart of it in Midtown. And as we're recording this, Midtown is still trying to come back. So many parts of New York City are back in just full bloom. Midtown is a little uh, a little trickier because there's so many office buildings around there and the offices haven't all come back, but they will. But tell us what you're seeing there now. And let's talk about women rediscovering dressing and why dressing is so important. <laughs> and it is. It's well, not frivolous. You know, I, I um, uh, gosh, that's so many things to talk about. So first of all, about Midtown. So we never, I never ceased being in business for a minute. When we had to go into lockdown, we did business online and created the at-home collection and, and all the while shipped the masks, all the while. Right. And then um, uh, as we were able to open, I noticed that being on the street in Midtown was in the beginning, like I'd say, I think we, the stores opened February or March, I forget exactly when, but it felt very, very different. There was um, an element on the street that had me for the first time in all my years of being in retail, locking my door. Um, it was a little menacing. I wouldn't stay when it got dark. Um, but I have to say that that in and of itself has transitioned. The streets are so much busier now. Um, I really, really think people are coming out and people who I've dressed for very, very many years, because I, I've noticed that once people start dressing with me, they, they tend to continue. And so we evolve with each other. I have a sense of where they're going, where their bodies are going, and the collection kind of mirrors that. Because one of the one of the perks, one of the essential aspects of being in touch with the people you dress, being your customer or paying close attention to, um, is you get a sense of where people are and you can respond to that truly. Right. Like I see a lot of companies now are speaking a lot about, you know, they have great uh, size ranges. My tagline, as long as I've been around, has always been beautiful clothes in your size. We have always dressed people believing that they are either, you know, their own size or many sizes, one from the waist up, one from the waist down. And it's possible to accommodate that without it being complicated. Because what you really want to do is, is dress each woman that she really looks at herself in the mirror and is like, oh my God. I still have it going on. I still got it. And I think when people feel that, when you see that in their eyes, you've done your job because that person is happy, can do just about anything. It ties in with another reason I feel why dress. You know, we're all beings and we exist, you know, at the same time, we're all in the world. And I think that when we vibrate, 
we resonate the more so. And when you dress yourself that you like who you look and you like who you are, you're like, wow. And you can create a lot more, you know, in regards to yourself and just being in the world. I can't imagine ever letting that go. You know, it's like, there's no downtime. You know, you go out in the morning to the laundromat. It's going to be the one day that you, you know, your hair is a mess. You haven't bothered at all. You will run into God knows who. Your old boyfriend. <laughs> you know, that once that happened yes. to me once at Grand Central. <laughs> I was on my way to the gym. And this guy came up to me and said, Gab. And I was like, sorry. And he says, Gabrielle. I said, I'm Jane. Because I... I, I had, it was all I could do to leave the house and get to the gym. And I was like, no, 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 you must, I'm not that person. And he was like, Gabrielle, cut line. And I was like, oh my God, of all days, I have to see you today. I wish I had a sheet. And he was like, I never imagined you to leave the house undressed. And I said, all right. So, you know, why, why would you, why would you create that? Why would you act incidental? At this moment in time, in this world, you know, we've not only had the pandemic, but now there's a new administration. It's a different aura. And I think dressing at a time when we're coming out of so much I mean, the trees are doing it. They're in full blossom. They're in full bloom. Why would we not? I and we can, and we can unmask now and show our beautiful faces and our smiles. And yeah, well, I do have to so share great. with you that one of the most wonderful things about making masks is that they require such small fabric. And one of the joys of doing that work was that I could create thousands of one-of-a-kind exquisite pieces Oh, and it took they are. so little for it to just be like, oh, look at this. And it was such a thrill to send that to someone who got it and was like, whoa. I know. And I felt that because you you sent me some of them and they were all made out of the most um, exquisite fabrics, but they were all compliant, you know, double cotton, the highest quality cotton wonderful designs it was like it was I mean it was really you created you created so much joy with the mask and uh it's a great it's a great thing and certainly we'll be wearing I, I masks really for grateful. some time so if we need to wear a mask you would want to have a gab designer mask who would want that so well, I you just, know it's it's funny because the other day I had this this French the mother and daughter and the mother was like in her 70s or so. She was so fashionable as so often older or, or just French women are. And she was so intrigued by the masks. So she was looking at pieces and then taking the masks to match. And to her, that was the height of thrilling. I mean, it was just joyous. And of course, I was having the very best time because it was like she got it. These were like little jewels. But um, I feel, you know, when the stores did open, even though there were not very many people coming in, 
at this point, I've, I've, I've been in my pop-up with a long pop seven <laughs> years later. So then I know some of the women in the neighborhood and they would come in and some of them were decked to the nines. I'm not saying they were dressed fancy, but they had a beautiful scarf on or they had put their makeup on. And their philosophy was, I am not going to allow this pandemic to have me fall apart. No way. And I, I was so inspired by that because they just wanted to sustain respecting who they were and themselves as beautiful women still alive. And I thought that was like, yes. I love that. Beautiful women still alive. So listen, Gab, you are, you are such an inspiration to everyone. You've always been to me for many, many years, and we've been great friends for a long time. And you have inspired so many women. And you, as I said, when I started this, your, your superpower is that you <laughs> make every woman feel beautiful. You just walk in into Gab's boutique on um, Lexington. Uh, Lexington and 47. Either right on Laxer, or right on 47th, because she sometimes moves to both sides. And it is such a treat and an experience. So anyone who, whether you're in New York or you're coming to New York City, you have to visit Gab in person and meet her. Her infectious personality will just delight you. And it's GabrielleCarlson.com. And you can check out her really wonderful um online selection now and if you have questions you call her she answers the phone you will get personal consultation <laughs> no it's not like ordering from anybody else online where you have no idea you're like oh gosh i hope this works or i hope it's this and i just can't thank you enough for being who you are making us all feel special making us all care about how we look and it's it's not a frivolous thing it's not vanity right gab it's oh. about it's how you feel the way you look outside or, or that pride that you take in the outside of you reflects who you are on the inside and yes. makes you feel more confident about everything right and you know i just want to to say i'm very inspired by a book i read and continue to read it's called can you see us now <laughs> and it was written by, you know, by a woman who felt like the moment she turned 50, she became invisible. I think for women of a certain age, <laughs> we got there, it really behooves us to take a stand on who we are and present ourselves that we couldn't love it more and that we are absolutely here. Please see us, please hear us, and know that we undeniably exist. And dressing seems to me a crucial tip that that is the case. Ah, well, thank you, Gab. We love that advice. Thank you for being my guest today. And everyone, please check out GabrielleCarlson.com. And I just can't thank you enough. Love you. Yay! Ha, ha, ha.